Welcome, welcome everybody. This is Sue from SJC Yoga with a podcast. I was thinking about the last time I did a podcast and actually it's nearly two years ago. So I think it's uh, time for me to get back into it. And um, so this is podcast 11, I think, out of my podcast. I have had quite a few listeners. So I'm hoping that you're going to enjoy it today. So previously I did speak about the Yamas and the Nayamas. And I wanted to go over them again in kind of a different format. So I've got my sidekick sidekick Gareth here and we're going to do more of a conversation, a bit of a chit chat around the second of the Yamas, which is called Asatya or truthfulness. I felt it was quite relevant um, because of what's going on today. It is um, 2020 and the year of the uh, COVID-19 the year of the Trump um, saga and lots of things going on and lots of um, truths and non-truths. And so we thought, or I thought, Satya would be a good one to start with. So Satya is truthfulness or not being dishonest, really. And a lot of us do tell little lies. I mean, we are brought up to tell the truth, but looking back, we do start to tell little white lies when we are quite young. And sometimes those um, little lies come from just not wanting to be found out or we might want to cover something up or it might be to just sort of, you know, paint a picture of ourselves that's a little bit different to um, what the actual reality is. So I'd like to talk about truthfulness and why it's important. It's not always um, something we can do all the time, but it is a lot more important than people realise. So where do we sometimes tell little untruths? Sometimes um, I know sort of a small example here for me is when, you know, those people that stop you in the... um, not the supermarket, you know, in shopping centres and stuff, and they're usually selling something. I used to come up with a like, you know, oh, I don't have a lot of time, I'm going back to work. And um, the truth was, I just really was not remotely interested. So that's just a little example of um, uh, an untruth. So why is telling the truth, especially to ourselves, important? It's important because it gives us integrity, It helps with our boundaries around our own behavior and it gives others around us boundaries on what to expect, on what to expect, especially as a parent or maybe a co-worker. But that's just one small example. And you have the usual telling lies, telling little lies, being a little bit um, economic with the truth. Um, But also we have much bigger ones as well. And there seems to be a lot going on in the world at the moment. So as I say, I've brought Gareth in with me so we can have a little bit more of a conversation hello. around truth. So hello, Gareth. Yeah, nice to be here. It's not only me interviewing you on my <laughs> podcast. It, it's nice to be sat in the opposite chair. So I'd like to just ask you for you to bring up something recently you've been dishonest about and maybe we could talk about the reasons behind that. Well, I think you you have. I see the I see honesty and truth in 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 two ways. You mentioned it earlier. You said that, you know there's there's two things. There's truth to others and there's truth to yourself. And and I think the one thing you we probably the person we probably like to most is ourselves. Mm. You know. So I th- I think recently for me I've probably been telling myself certain untruths about maybe my 
activity levels. Okay. So there might be things during the day where I'll say, oh, I've done enough there, I've done plenty, when I know I could have done more. Or I might I might say I've given my best when actually I know that I haven't given my best. So I'm telling, I'm telling myself I have done, you know, you've done a good job doing that. So it's a bit like, I mean, you mentioned Paul T. Sally, what you call a spin doctor. A spin mm. doctor is somebody who makes something that's not so good look a bit better by the way they spin it. But I think I think recently um, I have found myself increasingly turning away from doing what I used to do, which I think was a, was an untruth. Which I don't, and it's all for the right reasons. I think sometimes you can mistake kindness, telling a, telling a mistruth that's kind. We think that's okay. So the example I would give is if I've seen somebody doing something and they've asked us some feedback, and I've said, "Yeah, you did a really good job there," because I, I didn't want to give them the truth, which was actually it was rubbish. Well. You know, is that an element of truth that I should have told? Would it have been unkind to tell it? Or was I being realistic? Because I do do that quite a bit, where I'll, I'll give people kind of, you know, oh, well done, you did a great job there, when really it probably could have been done better. And mm. maybe there's a better way of putting it than, yeah, well done. I could have maybe said, yeah, that was that was pretty good, but you could have done better. So on, uh, this has just come up. If somebody wanted feedback, like you've said, and you've, you've given them good feedback and really, you know, that wasn't quite the truth, is there something around that of you not wanting that person to not like you? Do you think that might be a reason no, why I mean, we might be a little bit economical with the it, truth? Because we want people to like us. We want to get on with people. We, I think being, being liked, people, there's, often I hear people say, I, I don't care if I'm liked or not. And I think that's a, a, a mistruth as well. You've got to be fairly cold hard not to care if some of pe- what people think of you because people's opinions, I think, are important because they give you some kind of feedback and validation potentially on what you do. But I don't do it... I, I don't think I, I'm that bothered about people liking me to that sense that I would, I would like them about what they did so they didn't like me. It's more about by saying they're doing something well, I believe, rightly or wrongly, that that will encourage them to do it again and maybe next time they'll do it better. Mm. So, for example, say you were a driving instructor, would you um, tell somebody that they did a, a move very wrong? I think you have to, again, that's different. Okay. I'm, I'm talking, if I was a driving instructor, it was my purpose to ensure you're a good driver. Then within the context of that conversation, th- there is every right to give um, feedback that is maybe not as uplifting as, as the person would want it to be. Mm. I mean, you know, you talk about driving uh, instructors. My, my son took his theory driving test on Monday and he failed it. Now, there, there was there was no, they were, you know, they didn't lie to him. They told him the truth. He failed and he was upset about that. But in their position, it would have been wrong to say, oh, he did really well. You know, here's a certificate. So I think when you're doing something that's to do with Things like driving, that's a little bit different. Mm. I think, you, you know. And again, if you're in a relationship with somebody where it is agreed that you can give feedback and and um, to, to, to something, I think it's okay. What I'm generally talking about are kind of what I'll call as maybe fringe friends, people we don't know that well, mm. and we'll say something nice about what they did to try to, in our view, support them. Mm. I mean, sometimes maybe you just better say note. <laughs> if you can't say anything if you can't say what well, my, my dad used to say if you can't say anything nice don't say anything at all I was writing something about that this morning do you know where that came from? no it came from a film Bambi ah. and Bambi said something about or the, the little rabbit Thumper said something about to Bambi about having long legs and his mother said stop that Thumper what did your dad say? and you know that little voice says if you can't say nothing nice don't say nothing at all on a, on a sort of lower level I, I know 
I, I find, I have sometimes people, maybe friends, not so much friends, acquaintances, that will um, not quite be truthful with me. And I know, I know they're not being truthful. And I don't, um, what's the word? I don't challenge them on it because I feel uncomfortable because I, I feel that they've told me a little white lie or they've not, not quite been truthful because they feel uncomfortable. And for me to then challenge it and point it out, that makes me feel uncomfortable. So they're sat there telling me a bit of a, a, an untruth and I'm sat here not saying anything, not being truthful. Well, I think the, the example of that is, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm quite bad for doing this, is getting phone calls. And you see it ringing, you know somebody, you know it is because it comes up if it's in your directory. And I just don't answer it, you know, because I'm doing something else or I think oh, I can't be bothered having that conversation right now. And you always ring back saying the same thing, oh, sorry, I missed your call. I was busy. <laughs> oh, I was doing this. You could have an excuse instead of just saying, look, I couldn't really stomach I saw your talk. name. I saw your name and I started to feel really ill. <laughs> I think the one thing about truth, and, and I've seen this a lot with you since you started to develop deep with your yoga practice, is it's amazing where mistruths come in that that we don't see until we start looking at this deeper. Like I think there was a time when you had um, way too many shoes. That's correct. And it's funny is that because that is a well-known um, lie that women tend to use more than men. They hide things that they buy because they don't feel worthy. They feel guilty. They've bought something. Um, so it's easier to just hide it and then bring it out, like, you know, two years later. You've got well, to wear it at some point. Well, I mean, we're talking this morning, I suppose that's come up now. I've remembered it when we were talking about, you know, truth. Like I saw this morning, I was, I'd been eating some chicken. You did. And why why did you tell me you'd eaten the chicken? For anybody that doesn't know, I don't eat chicken. We don't, we don't tend to have we meat don't, we're in not, the we, house. We, we went through a phase where we, we became plant-based, vegan, if you like, and... I think that was a natural move, certainly for for you, Sue, that that you moved into veganism because it, it, as you go through more of the the, the eight limbs, that there's one that's particularly about what's the one for non harm? Yeah, it's non harming ahimsa. Ahimsa, and I kind of went along with you, and I find it okay. But just recently, I've, I've kind of found myself drifting into this idea of feeling like I needed to eat some meat and. If I if I am truthful, and this this is I'm not this is not one of the truth I talk about to try to justify something that maybe earlier I mentioned, um, I haven't been feeling hundred percent physically. I've I've just been feeling like my body's missing something, and the only thing I could think I thought well I'm eating plenty of food because this this was a few weeks ago. I'm thinking I just don't feel right, and I, I just kept this thing kept coming back to me about maybe you just need a little bit of animal protein. So I didn't I didn't feel like it was a appropriate to bring it in the house. Um, so I just I just had a rotisserie chicken in the car <laughs> but why did you not tell me about it because I, I didn't after? feel it was important because I, I feel that part of your own truth is knowing that your own truth's on a journey there's another thing I'm, I'm interested in with truth which is sometimes we, we we tell people things to be truthful and it's just a way of unburdening ourselves from something that we've done that feels bad so we tell somebody else in a hope that by telling them we'll get some kind of um relief so back to the chicken gareth why did you feel that you couldn't tell me because about it? it? I didn't think it mattered. Mm. 
Well, I didn't think it did. Why Why would it matter if I'd eaten the chicken or not eaten the chicken? Because you ate it in the car outside. Right, I'll tell you why. Because sometimes when you tell people the truth, they have a way of looking at you and you have a way of looking. <laughs> when you're not very happy, I'm thinking, okay, so you, you say you want the truth, but you don't. And I think people have to be very careful with this. Once you open up the Pandora's box of truth, you know, you'll be careful what truth you might hear. And I think sometimes you have to make decisions on the truth you tell because there's telling the truth and behaving truthfully. So if you have behaved untruthfully, dishonest, because dishonest and untruth are the same, aren't they? Dishonesty and untruth. Yeah. If you've done that in the past and that behavior has now ceased, there is no need to share that truth with somebody else if it's got the potential to cause harm. So I didn't eat the chicken and think, oh, goodness me, I'm going to eat chicken for the rest. I thought, okay, I've ticked a box. Do I feel any better? A little bit. Um, but it, I wanted to test that out. So until I was sure I was either going to go back to eating meat or not eat, or staying not eating meat, it was irrelevant to mention it to you. But you did say you felt a little bit bad about it. I, I, I felt as though I was letting you down to some degree. You, you're all in on this, this vegan stuff way, way more than I have ever been. And I've told you before, my truth is I am okay with eating plant protein. I don't, I enjoy what we eat, but there are times I, I, don't, I don't have the same um, views on it that you have. Um, I enjoy what we eat and I believe it's good for my health. And the reason I do not eat plant protein is because I you believe... You do eat plant protein. I, no, the, the reason I don't, the majority you, of the time... You mean meat protein? Yeah, meat protein. I don't eat meat protein the majority of the time is because I believe it's it's beneficial to my health, which is why I will not be going back to eating plant, um, animal protein regularly. Okay. So what about kind of what's going on at the moment? Everybody's, um, we're all a little bit wary, wary, wary with the lockdown and the lockdown rules. And I have noticed a lot of dishonesty around following rules you know, even in my life, I have done it. Everybody seems to have done it. At first, we were really strict, didn't see anybody, stayed in the house, went out once a day, all the usual stuff. Now, best part of a year later, um, the rules have become a little bit more bent by just about everybody that I talk to. And looking in the news, we don't know what to believe. You know, we're told to do this, then we're told to do the opposite. You know, you, you look at what's going on in other parts of the world and you get you, you get weary with the... F you feel that the news that we're fed, because it's the only news we've got, is not always truthful. So then you become a little bit fearful, you become a little bit vulnerable. You know, who's telling the truth? Who's right? Who's wrong? Um, are we doing this? Are we doing that? And And it becomes quite chaotic when there's no body that you can turn to in in a in a senior kind of powerful position who's truthful but i think you have to you have to look at something which is is there an absolute truth in any situation exactly is truth a matter of opinion well it's a matter of standpoint you know is your just because your truth is your truth it could be somebody else's dishonesty well, you, so, you, so where does it stand well there? we have something that if, if you look at the, the current political environment I, I have absolutely no idea who's telling the truth or not i i am not a an infectious disease doctor so i don't know the real effects of covid i don't know what the real figures are there's always the, the word that comes up like these days is conspiracy theories yeah, conspiracy. everyone loves a conspiracy theory and I think there's no absolute truth. So, the example that most people listening to this will will be 
I would, I would, well, if you're listening to this by the fact you're listening to it, you're probably going to be um, from an English-speaking country. And in the vast majority of English-speaking countries where it's a primary language, it is against the law to kill people. Is that not true? Yes. So if you went out today into town, got upset with somebody in front of Sainsbury's and you, you leathered them with a tin of beans and they died, you would be, you would be, you'd be committed murder and, and therefore broken the law. Now, if you are a soldier and you were sent to fight in a conflict and you take a life within that context, then it's not got the same um, effect on you. You know, that's part of your duty as a soldier. So you're left in a situation where what you're facing is there's no absolute truth. Is killing incorrect? Ah, well, depends. In the same way that in certain countries, and, and I have to say right now I vehemently disagree with this, in some countries if you kill somebody and you break the law, they kill you. It's called execution. What? How does that work? Mm. You know, you did something that we abhor so much we have to put you to this. We have to commit the same crime you committed. So I think there's no absolute truth. And, and whenever there's going to be these grey areas you're going to have problems. And I think at the moment, especially with the lockdown, let's be honest, the areas are not that grey. We've just chosen to see them greyer than they actually are. We know we can't go to certain places, do certain things. But at what point people always push boundaries, don't they? Yes. It's human nature. And I, I believe through the lockdown, one of the um, challenges we've had is the, the the rules and regulations and the boundaries have been very um, soft. So there's been a lot of confusion. People are not really sure. So, you know, if the government had come out and say, these are the rules, exactly. You know, we might have fared a little bit better knowing what we were going to do. But we just live in a world where we are quite manipulated and brainwashed with mass media, the news, everything that's going on around us. It's as if everybody just wants to get their own way or they just want to make money out of us. So I think you have to be careful what you do read, what you do watch, who you do listen to. And finding your own truth within this kind of like maze of, of disinformation and untruths is sometimes um, a little bit challenging. Well, I think, you know, one, one thing, again, if people listen to this, there's a lot of people listening to this will, will drive cars, you know. And I would guess the majority of people who have driven a motor car at some point have speeded. You know, you might be late to go somewhere. So it's okay when you're late, you think, I'll put my foot down a bit, and you go a few miles an, an hour over the speed limit. So at that point then... We, we're not bothered about whether we're breaking the law or not, or we're bothered about getting caught. So again, something happens with truth where people can be, they don't, they don't give a lot of attention to the rules until they're found breaking them and the consequences that come with. So like through lockdown, you know, there's been a number of cases, not hundreds, but certainly a number of cases where people were caught having rather large gatherings, weddings, we fit, we have hundreds of people there, and, and they were finding a lot <laughs> <Not> of money. <laughs> And and you you have to you have to question that how many of these things are going on. I mean, they, we heard about the ones that people got caught with. What about the ones that, that took place without? So I think you you have to the hard the hardest thing with with truth is realizing that at some level we we all have an element of dishonesty in us. I think anybody who says otherwise is probably telling them his truth themselves. So how do you think? Um what came to mind then is 
sometimes we're asked, I'll, I'll speak about myself, sometimes I'm asked to go somewhere or do something and really I don't want to do it. So I either say I'm not going to do it and it's a little bit uncomfortable, especially if somebody's a bit funny with you, or agree to it and then afterwards wish I hadn't ever agreed and then moan about it. So sometimes you make your life a little bit complicated and a little bit confusing just because you've not been in your own truth at the beginning when you've been asked to do something. So you found it difficult to say no when really you wanted to say no. But again, we go back to the reason that I probably mentioned earlier about giving feedback to people is sometimes things we do, there is an element of compromise to keep the situation happy. You, because you think that, well, by you doing that, it adds a great deal of enjoyment to somebody else. And, you know, you know this as a yoga teacher, and certainly I know this through my work, is I, I certainly believe as human beings, one of our um, commitments we should have is to serve others, whatever that is. I think whatever you do, you're serving people, you serve people with your yoga. You know, if somebody works in Starbucks, they serve you as a barista. So if you're doing something that you maybe not really want to do, but it serves a greater cause, or it, it, it's some compromise, then then yes, it's a mistruth doing it, but actually it's a mistruth for the right reasons. And I think this is something we've got to be very clear about. I think that the, the elements of white lies we do tell in life, you know, some of them are done with all the best intentions. Some of them are not. No, but some are, and there's again the difference. This is why you've mentioned something a few times on this podcast, which is what's your truth? I'll give you an example. Um, would would giving some let's say there's there's somebody in the street that's homeless and is giving them a sleeping bag a good thing to do? Yes. Okay. Um, because it's going to keep them warm. Blah blah blah. What if you've given that sleeping bag to that person while your friend's recording you, so you can put it onto YouTube and social media to make yourself look like you're a bit of a superstar? Does it have the same effect to the to the homeless person? Yes. But is it done with the right intentions? Is it a truthful intention? Did you really want to give that the homeless person some warmth or did you want to get a lot of likes on Facebook? So sometimes it can look like somebody's committed a really positive gesture, but the the um, the, the, the way behind it's not congruent with what they were thinking. Well, I would say that that's not being very truthful. Exactly. So we've got it. This is why when we, there's no absolute truth, because this is when it, this conspiracy theories and all stuff come in with politics. You know, I have no idea. I mean, the American thing is is farcical. I, from somebody who lives in the UK, I, I don't understand their system as well as obviously the Americans do. But Mr. Trump's behaviour is either is in, either incredibly convinced that there has been some mistruth and some fraud and all this, he's convinced about that and has the proof, or he's, he's just going on and trying to break a system. Either way, from an outsider, I can tell you now, in the UK, it's made out that he's just talking nonsense, but yeah, he might be talking the truth. And what if we've been led to believe he's just some kind of buffoon with orange skin? What if he has indeed been a great president of America? Do we know? Do we really know? Well, I suppose I would say we don't really need to know. We're never going to get to know the truth. So maybe avoiding getting involved in, um, which sometimes to me it just looks like gossip. Well, but if you think about it, if we're never going to get to know the truth, we, we have to we have to come from this perspective, I think, of what's our truth. 
Exactly, as long as we live in a way that we want to live. And and is that truth that we're, we're telling ourselves in line with helping others? Because there are a lot of people that are very dishonest that have made a great deal of money and live fantastic lives well, on, you, on the face of it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you only... I, I talked to my uh, early morning class about about Thatcher last week. When you go in out to the shops, when you've got the TV on or you've got your computer on, be aware of if you're being sold to, because you will be sold to by a story which will make you desire something that A, you probably don't even want, B, you certainly don't need, and C, you probably can't afford. So we are bombarded by stories that create a need for us to, to have or want something that wasn't there in the first place. So to me, that's a really dangerous part of using dishonesty to lure, to lure people into spending money, probably eating food that they shouldn't be eating by just making it look desirable. So that's what I was saying to my group the other day. When you go out, just be aware of it. You know, as soon as you're going to the supermarket it's at this time of the year, all the chocolate, all the alcohol is put at the front as you walk in. The rest of the year, it might be fruit, might be some bananas, whatever it is. No, it's generally booze all year round. <laughs> but it's now, and the first aisle is Christmas stuff. And well, the well, stuff in there is just laughable. And I find myself looking at it, just being aware of, of how we're using dishonesty to sell well, if you people. think, I mean, you know, when I say boozhead all the time, it, you know, I'm not, we're not young, we're in our 50s now, both of us, and I, I see, see people of the similar age to me, people we know, and there's kind of this childlike, not childlike is probably the wrong word, um, pubescent maybe, um, certainly teenage view on alcohol, you know, people, oh, it's wine o'clock. We've been taught, we've been sold the illusion, the lie, the myth, that, that we need to drink. I mean, you don't drink. You haven't drank now for well over... It's nearly 18 months, isn't it? 18 months now. This reminds me of the story you told about the advert. Is it for the whiskey where it's caught, it says, find yourself in a sea of tranquility? No, it, it, it's this, what they call it. I, I mean, people maybe don't know this. Very quickly, I I, suf I suffer from alcohol addiction in my in my 20s. And I went to rehab to, to cure that. So Sue hasn't drunk for 18 months. I haven't drank now for um, getting on to, what, seven years. Um, and I did have about 10 years sobriety before that. I had a bit of a... I fell off the wagon back in 2014. And when we were in rehab, I did some work there, and a guy came in, and we, we talked about how the television pushes people into, you've got to have to have a drink. It's, it's mm -hmm. the done thing. And it was for Glenn Morangi, which I believe stands for Glen of Tranquility. Okay. He said there was no glen of tranquility. It was a bog of shite, he said. It was just a <laughs> bog of shite. And, and there is that image when you see people, you know, in beautiful gowns and satin parties drinking a glass of yeah, scotch. With friends and But the reality can be very, very different. You know, you don't see the other side of that, which is somebody flat on the face in a house, you know, while the, the young baby's, you know, making their way towards an electric fire. You know, excuse me, I might want to have a cough. <coughs> so... We're told that, so when you walk into a supermarket, they're pushing you with, it's Christmas, you need to buy the drinks and the sweets. We're told that. But you don't know, you Easter. think they're kind of like taking our minds from us? They've, they've, and, they've, and they've created something. I mean, even Christmas itself is, is a created thing. 
you know, Santa Claus was invented by a company, not, the old concept of the red father, big chubby fellow with the beard. You know, there's always been St. Nicholas. That's been there for, for, for centuries. But as far as Santa Claus is concerned, the, the, the Father Christmas as we now portray him, it's only something that's, that's very, very young, really. I think we, we, we use this advertising as a way to make us feel less than what we are and to convince us of a truth that, or a mistruth that you are not good enough. But you would be good enough if you had the if new you, shoes, yeah, if, you had if you had the the new car, if you had the latest iPhone, if you had this particular jacket, if you were in these particular trainers. So when you look at it from that perspective, being dishonest around things like that is actually extremely harmful extremely harmful it's probably more harmful than you think i mean people get into debt well look debt's something you can get out of you know so I, I don't think debt's the worst problem that this creates i think what it has created for me is a society of people that are becoming increasingly less well mm. i mean we've all i went with my daughter yesterday shopping and we walked around a, a shopping center or I, no i, I dropped her at, at school college and i went to a shopping center to, to try to pick up a couple of bits i needed and i walked past the um, mcdonald's area who was just about to open to start serving and the people that were stood there looked sick now you know i'm not going to start getting into any body shaming all i'll say is these people looked ill some of them looked ill because of the size they were some looked ill, they just looked ill, they didn't look right. And I thought the queuing up to put more of this food down the neck we, that we're led to believe, you know, we're loving it, it's all happy food. But yet we do know the statistics are there that the people eating this kind of food on a regular basis are doing themselves physical harm. Now, debt you can get in and out of, but there comes a point with your physical body when you take it too far that you can't come back. Well, yeah, well, a lot of people are like that with debt. I know people that have taken their own uh, lives. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, you, you're dead right. So I think... There is this thing now that one of the things we have we have done as a society is we've started to push down certain truths that we're not allowed to say, which which are true. You know, it is true that if, if you are carrying excess weight, that you have a more than fair chance of, of getting illnesses that you wouldn't have if you were you you were in better shape. Um, we we've done it with certain members of society where we, we we've been told now that we've we've got to behave and act in a certain way. We call it political correctness. And I think some of the changes are very positive, but sometimes we're now forced the other way around, where we're forced to have a truth we may not believe in. So we've gone from kind of little truths or little lies that we tell ourselves and maybe tell other people, you know, that we we think they're quite harmless on, on the face of it, to sort of bigger conspiracies and bigger lies told to us by big companies and um, governments. Because, you know, when you, when we have an election, it's just basically each side warping some truth and attacking the other one. There's not a lot of kind of like, you know, truths going on there. So apart from just being aware of times when you are being sold to, I think a good idea, and, and this is something that I did, is is catching yourself when you're about to tell a small lie and see if you can word it in a different way, which is more truthful. Because little lies do end up becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And also, you know, if you're going to tell a lie, you've got to then remember it, especially in the future. So that's something that I would encourage people to do if they want to start looking at, you know, what is what is it the say in the Bible, the truth will set you free. You know, if you tell the truth as much as you possibly can, it does give you a much more um, 
it gives you a lot more clarity, a lot more integrity and a quite a bit of an easier life. Well, it's funny you should say that because that is one of the things people say and that takes that particular passage in the Bible completely out of context. Is it so, from John as well? It's John um, 8. 8.32, I think. Oh, you see, I do listen to you. Well, I do, I do talk about this because the one thing I've become, I don't class myself as particularly religious um, at all, but I do understand and I've read the Bible a great deal. And the one thing that I, that I do know is people quote that that book. And you've act, and you they quote it to wrong. just explain it again, how it's been misquoted. Well, the actual word is, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. So you will know the truth. Well, what truth is that? Mm. It's not about whether you ate a chicken in the car <laughs> or you told them your friends they were good at something and they were rubbish. He was talking about the truth about what Jesus was particularly talking about then. So we can take anything out of context and make it look different. And that's what we've got to be careful of with, 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 with our own behaviour. I think the one thing, I mean, you've, you've taught there, what I'd be interested to know from your perspective and understanding the eight limbs as you do, is what are the benefits to telling the truth as, as you see it through the eight limbs and through your experience? What, what are the benefits to telling the truth? Apart from having, not having to have a great memory. <laughs> And going to parties you didn't you didn't want to go to. I suppose it gives you you feel a lot more grounded living in the truth, and if you find out your truth, what you want and what you don't want, it gives you a lot more clarity. It gives you a lot more ease. So if some you know like when we were children, right? I grew up in the sixties. When we got into the seventies, you know, you either left school and did an apprenticeship, or you went to university and then you got a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever you want to get, and you got married and had a house. Blah 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 blah. Never any stage did I. I mean, I was a little bit rebellious. I must admit. Did I? Was I allowed to sit down and I think, hang on a minute. Is this what I want? Is this we were not encouraged to think for ourselves. We were encouraged to follow a pattern that was deemed to be the best way to live um, for somebody coming from from my background. So I, I would say just step back sometimes and and decide. Is your opinion, is your what you want or what you don't want coming from you or is it coming from some other source? Well, this is the thing with truth. Are we led to believe that we need certain things? You know, I mean, now the one thing that will tiptoe back into this because we did mention it earlier about your eating vegan or eating plant-based. You know, we, we have been led to believe by people that sell you meat that you, you need meat in order to be healthy. We're told that eating meat is good for us. You know, one of the biggest um, lies, the biggest illusions, is the concept of strong bones and milk. And 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 this is not something I'm I'm kind of making up or have a conspiracy theory on. There's there's peer-reviewed scientific, ed, uh, scientific evidence. evidence that in the countries that drink more milk, they have more osteoporosis. So in something that's supposed to make your bones stronger, why do we have more effects of weak bones? So we we know this not to be true. And the thing is, the dairy farmers, they know it to be true. Mm. The health professionals know it to be true. But, you know, you've got to change. The thing with a lie, if you, tell, if you tell a lie and you get away with it, you'll keep getting away with that lie. Now, when people believe a lie en masse, it's when all of a sudden that's a very difficult thing to change because anybody who steps up and then says that's, not, that's actually a lie is perceived to be a, a rebel. 
This is an interesting story, and it's one that I have told before, is that the American tobacco company infiltrated the suffragette movement, and there was some um, march, a suffragette march. I think it was in America, it was in New York, and they sent very attractive female women there uh, waving cigarettes about and proclaiming them as torches of freedom, which made which got women into smoking because up until then women did not smoke well, it, so you know yeah. how many countless lives have been lost by people by women starting smoking well, you you look at what i mean i remember that story and it's true the other thing you want to consider is and if you haven't seen this particular program it's on netflix called a social dilemma you know one of the things i think we couldn't we were talking about mistruths listening to the wrong news fake news if you like and the internet is awash with that. And the majority of people that, 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 that when we talk about social media, most people straight away think of Facebook. And we saw a, a program on this, and it does say it's the social dilemma. And it talks about how what what they need is our attention for us to be looking at a screen. They do things to keep us on that screen as much as possible. And they bring people in that were involved with the gambling games in, in Nevada and places to make them these apps these social profiles as addictive as possible. Knowing they're doing that, knowing that they're steering you into addiction because they sell your attention. And and to deny that, and they do deny it, is a mistruth because there's one thing that people throw in as a, a disclaimer that gets away with all this marketing stuff is it's your free choice. And that we're, me we're meant to believe that. But in some cases, when you've got an addiction, it's not a free choice. Exactly. That's. I mean, I, I wrote this uh, when I wrote about truthfulness. It might be, seem a little bit yogic, but it says, firmly establishing ourselves in the truth will remove illusion, self-deceit and pretense. These are elements that cloud reality, create fear and constrict the heart. And that's an interesting thing to say because constricting the heart will cause physical disease well th this is something that, that does get mentioned a lot especially in kind of more if you like spiritual texts i'm not talking about the bible i'm talking about more kind of new age spiritual stuff when they'll talk about disease be nice disease yeah. in your body and i think when we are living in a truer more open honest way and um, it does make us feel different you know i i know since you've done i think we've Certainly, I feel I've become more truthful to myself in in the last three or four years. And does and and hasn't that made you more aware of who you it's, it's are? It's made me calmer. It's made me. Uh, the one thing I had to accept at one point is I wasn't being who I was. I, I don't think I was. I was trying to be something else. So there was a set of an, an element of of um, a lie being told about who I actually was because at some level there were there are certain things I agree with and disagree with, and I wasn't always clear on those things. Um, I've, I've also through a lot of self-awareness and I think this is it because when you have to go through your life and pick it apart it's easy to know if we're making big mistakes it's easy to know you know it's, it's obvious if you're speeding it's obvious if you're stealing we all know we're doing that and we know then things are wrong but there are other there are other elements of truth which are much much less subtle and and it's those subtle things we have to work on and I think that the, the deeper you get to know yourself then you can kind of almost it's like taking it's like peeling an onion. You take layer after layer off. You've got to find out them little mistruths. So I'm still working on the areas where I think I'm still not truthful enough. Like this morning I went out running and did I really give it my best? Did I give it 100%? I thought I did. But thinking about it, did I stop a little bit when I should have kept going? The, the, the silly things now is truth 
it's, it's mentioned so much that all somebody has to do to make a lie appear to be truthful is say it often enough. And the only and the other and in the opposite side of that is if you want somebody to not believe something, just tell them it's fake. That's what Donald Trump's done. He's been <laughs> saying since the third of November, on the night of the election, that that was a rigged election. He's said it hundreds of hundreds of times that it's rigged election. So his supporters now will believe, rightly or wrongly, and nobody really knows. Let's be clear on that. Don't want to get any Trump supporters upset by listening to this. You don't know. I don't know. He doesn't know, and nobody really knows the truth in that election. But now he's got his supporters to believe it's absolutely... Even if there was proof came out now that it wasn't, you know, we've checked everything and it looks perfectly fine, they'll believe that's a lie. You you mentioned something there, which I think is something I think anybody listening to this should really take note of, is truthfulness in a family is sometimes the biggest challenge. Ooh, it certainly is. Because... The reality is, you know, some, sometimes often said is, you know, you get to choose your friends, you don't choose your family. So we, we, we are, if you like, thrown into a relationship with people basically because of how we were born and who we were born with. And then there's this kind of unwritten rule that you have to like and get on with your family, which is which we all know is not always the case. So I think that within a family, it's very, very hard to be truthful because it can cause some deep wounds, the fact that Billy doesn't like Jean, you know, and and, and Tracy doesn't get right on right well with, with Abigail. And we, we kind of keep these things, and Christmas is a prime example of when this all comes to a head. Because if you think about it, people don't spend time with each other, don't like each other, and you put them together for a, in a small room for a, quite a long period of time, Mix a lot of food and alcohol into that. Well, that won't be happening this year. No, it won't this year. <laughs> but it will for some because, like you've said earlier, some people will not. They will say, I must see my mother. I must do this. And that's the reality of it is we don't know how serious COVID is, as in, is it, is it you know, if it's passed out, it's passed around. If everybody just did what the government said, stay at home, just meet with your family. But some people we know, not that we know, but we know some people will ignore that rule because they think that they're entitled to something different including us the same way the same people think they're entitled to earn money well not really including us I, th I think you have to look at this now there's no way we will be gathering at christmas with multiple people in this household no but, but the general. truth of the matter is it's maybe because i quite like a quiet christmas anyway <laughs> I, no because, I, because how can you enjoy so this is the thing about truth you can't really enjoy something when you're not being truthful if you've committed a crime and stolen some money and you, you can't enjoy spending that money because the fear is someone's going to knock on your door and say, hey, we know you've nicked that money. The, the truth is tr truth is somewhat subjective, you can say. And we have to make sure in our lives that we know our own personal truths and what they are to us. So if your personal truth is you are perfectly okay with doing something, that's your truth. And if that truth involves you breaking a law or something that other people deem to be incorrect... If it's your truth, it's your truth. How do you, how do we stand on that? How would you say we stand on that? If you're breaking the law, you're breaking the law. But, but what, that's when but, you get people that are militants and terrorists or freedom fighters, people that go against laws because they have a cause that they believe strongly. Exactly. And just because just some governments have made it against the law doesn't mean it's right or it's wrong or it's indifferent. It's a law. I think you've you've said this and it's true. You have to question your own truths. 
you know, what are the truths you hold, what are your beliefs and values, and they're all tied in together, and do they give you a life that is good for you and good for others? I, I have, I'm often fond of saying this, that if you're doing something that even has the a, the possibility of hurting somebody else emotionally, physically, and financially, you shouldn't be doing it. And and that's why people say they find the Bible confusing. I think the fact is they find it dead straightforward. They just choose not to listen to it because it's very simple. It says the ten. It didn't say the ten suggestions, did it? <laughs> you know the ten suggestions, the ten <laughs> ideas. It was said the ten commandments. Just to pass by you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the ten commandments, okay, a couple of them are a bit antiquated now in some ways, but they can be put into modern day context. But some of those things on there, you know, treat your neighbour as yourself. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. They weren't particularly bad. Um, tenants to live by and the buddhist tenants you talk about i mean i've i've read the book the, the eight limbs that you've got you've talked to me a lot about it if you were to follow a buddhist style um life you're not doing anything there that's going to hurt you or anybody else i don't i don't see how it's a problem no and and yes it can be difficult in this world to live in that way but that's only because you're listening to the mistruth somebody else is telling you exactly so the next time you um think you're going to tell a little lie and um, maybe just think about it a little bit longer and see if you could use some different words uh, especially if you feel that little lie is going to save somebody from being upset or being hurt so i hope you hope you've enjoyed it me and gareth chit-chatting about satya or truthfulness and um giving you some ideas on how you may be able to live a little bit more of a truthful and authentic life so that's it from me. Yeah, it's been nice. Too. I've enjoyed it. Thank <laughs> um, you for having me. You're welcome. And hopefully it won't be another two years before I do another podcast. So thanks very much and take care. Bye.